All right. Hello and welcome to Living a Broadcast, the podcast about where people are from, how they got here, and what they're doing now. My name's Eric. My name's James. And I'm Mikey. And welcome back to episode three, everyone. Uh, we're, we're all back in the studio after a, uh, well, a little bit of hiatus from our end, but uh, from what you're all hearing, it's, it's uh, just another week in Vancouver. Um, we've all been off and all over the place. James has been on a bit of a, an adventure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, been quite, a, quite an incredible last two weeks, I think. Uh, where have you been, James? Well, yeah, by adventure, he means a whirlwind week back to Blighty, which is uh, what the UK folk will call England. So yeah, I've been back there and my what? mom... You, you of, back in Blighty. Blighty. Another new term. Ah, so yeah, you can that. add that to your little uh, your log. So yeah, back in Blighty means you're back in uh, the UK. Is it a derogatory term? Uh don't think so. I think it's a term of endearment. Is that your uh, word? I, oh. I no, I kind of thought it just sounded like something English people say. So I threw it in there, but uh, I don't honestly know the origin of the term Blighty. So I'm not uh, supposed so, to say that. Well, you can say it if uh, anyone knows. Please email. You know the address by now. Livingabroadcast at gmail dot com. Thank you. All right. Uh, but yeah, my mum uh, remarried, and so yeah, little interesting one there, but great guy, been with him uh, about eight years, so just before I got here, and yeah, ended up walking her down the aisle with my brother, so a very tender moment there. So this is a podcast all about living abroad, as uh, as we all know by this point, and uh, how many uh, how many homecomings have you had in your in your time here? It's a good question, and I'm going to need these exact dates because uh, s- shortly you'll be applying for the citizenship, so you need to know every time you've gone back. Um, but I'd say it was probably trip number, I'm going to say six or seven. Okay. I need to get back to you on that. So we do know immigration is listening to this. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I can legally leave and come back at the old PR card this, this time. This is immigration's favorite podcast. It is. To. They're subscribed straight away. We, uh, You know, when we went live, uh, first subscriber, the uh, Canadian Citizenship and Immigration. So was it was it back to Canterbury? It was indeed, was it? yeah, and uh, a nice result that my girlfriend from Australia, her family happened to be in the neighbourhood too, so they were doing a big Euro trip. Hang on, hang on, they're from Brisbane and they just happened to happened be to be there. Just you know, walk around the corner. No, no, no. Okay. Um, so we had we had planned it. They had done a big Euro trip. They'd done Scotland and a little bit of Europe there, and uh, I got to show them around some old castles. We went for a meal uh, in a lovely old pub. From about the, I don't know, 1672 or something crazy. So they loved all that, ate it all up, and got some lovely photos. I met Laura's brother for the first time. So, you know, How it was, was all about the family. It was great. It was Meeting all the in laws. Yeah, yeah, meeting everyone. And it was. Were you on your best behavior? Always. You, yeah. you can't go wrong, you know, with me. It's, uh, but yeah. It was How many uh, beers did you have with lunch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually had a couple of good ones. Uh, I was driving a higher car, so I had to be sensible. Oh, um, okay. But we've, we talked briefly about this the warm beer situation. And I'm going to okay. say, I actually had some warm beer. And well, yeah. You burnt your tongue because on it because, like, you like. <laughs> Because English people drink warm beer. We yeah, know but that. I was always like so anti. I was like, no, 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 it's just a myth. You know, maybe someone had a warm beer once out in the beer garden and just thought that's how all warm beer is. Um, but no, I uh, Laura's brother asked me to recommend a real British ale. So I was like, oh, yeah, can't go wrong with a pint of Doom Bar, which is the coolest name for a pint of beer ever. So Doom Bar, if you're listening, please send me some freebies for plugging you in. Uh, but Doom Bar, it was actually warm. And very flat. That's just the way the ales are. But I forgot just how warm after some nice chilling, uh, not in a scary way, 
uh, chilling Canadian beers out here. Very refreshing. Doom Bar, a bit more of a, you know, flat to the point, very strong. So there you go. The warm beer is no Sounds longer a myth. So you got to taste at home. Yeah, I did. I, I was... That that's why you asked me to microwave your beer before I served <laughs> it to you tonight, right? Yeah, it's a few degrees too cold for me, mate. Okay. Yeah, you need to get on that. So uh, yeah, I'll put that how back do in you, for you. Uh, how do you feel when you uh, enter Canterbury after being away for so long? What's the overwhelming feeling that you have going through your body? First is where are the hell are the mountains? Because mm-hmm. you know you're looking at the rolling countryside. It's a lovely nature in a different way, but after about day three, that's really when I start feeling. I miss those mountains a lot, and it's just seeing them. And uh, but so you were homesick in your hometown. Very weird, yeah. It, it happened, and just flying into Gatwick as well. So I've, we've often flown into London Heathrow. Uh, I hadn't been to Gatwick for many years, and the layout is just awful, like so bad. And I know I'm stereotypical whinge in Pom right here, um, but going to Gatwick Airport, just the whole layout, everything about it. Um, but it was lovely to be back. I do feel very fortunate when I head back there. Um, and it was a <laughs> Mikey's dropping things here. You guys can't see that off air, but try to let it slide. Uh, but yeah, Canterbury, uh, lovely, charming medieval place. But I do do feel a little kind of fish out of water now when I go back, which is odd. So it feels like home. I see all my family and friends, but yeah, it's uh, amazing to come back here as well. Anything changed within the family besides uh, your mum getting married? Yeah, my brother has had a little one, so uh, I got a new niece, so I met her, and she loves her uncle James. I tell you that. Oh yeah, you're the cool Aww. uncle that lives yeah. abroad. Cool Canadian uncle, and uh, another She'll little tell all their friends at school. I got a real cool uncle, but he lives in Canada. You <laughs> wouldn't have met him. Yeah, he doesn't exist. Um, but it's uh, it was quite good as well. A little, little touching moment once again, uh, where she laughed, and that was apparently the first time she's ever lolled, laughed out loud. So my uncle James made her laugh. So. Did did that make you kind of feel like you're missing out being back uh, in Canterbury? If you know you got a young, bit of a young family now. I tell you, oh. yeah. Speaking from the heart here, it was probably about day five that night. I did have a little chat chat with Laura and said, you know, this has been pretty tough. That coming back, things changed with the family, and it was one of those moments. Like I've gained so much coming out here, but it's those moments that, uh, yeah, family. It was a real time for family. Very very special trip. And it was tough. I, we had to have a good chat that night because it's all running through your head. And as you said, how did I feel when I got back there? It's a nice, warm feeling of coming home. But at the same time, it doesn't take long for me to start to see why I moved. And it's, uh, yeah, a tough choice. Uh, I live with it. But missing out is one thing. But uh, now we can FaceTime. And I'm trying to get back, I'd say, maybe more like the six-month market every time now rather than leaving it Every six months? I'm going to try. I don't know. Um, I like the idea of it because it it was um, It's just a reminder of how close I'm still with all my family despite being on the other side of the world. Um, But we won't get so family-heavy here, guys. Uh, I'll tell you a few things that happened. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but it's a real thing that happens, like the the missing your family. I mean, mine's only five hours away, and... I still feel like I'm missing out on a lot. And I think it's it's just that disconnect of not having them immediately accessible. Like over the phone is one thing, but I literally just found out earlier today that my brother is moving from my home city to Vancouver. Oh, uh, cool. Vancouver Island, sorry. Oh, I forgot. Choked <laughs> <laughs> there on my own words. Fucking kidding. Oh, he's moving down the road. He can come over all the time. No, Vancouver. No, it's going to be Vancouver Island. That's going to be two of your brothers. 
over on Vancouver Island? Or is this the same one? No, the other one's in Calgary. <laughs> I thought one was in Tofino. Close he enough. was for a little bit. That's on Vancouver Island. Yeah, <laughs> he's not there anymore. Okay. Hasn't been for about a year. Didn't even update him. My bad. Yeah. Okay. Mikey. So how do you feel about that? Does that make you feel funny? Well, I wish he'd told me. Apparently he's known for about a month and a half. <sighs> but I've just been out of the loop. That's what happens. That's I guess what, it's my own fault too. <laughs> do you feel like you're getting forgotten about by the family when you're out here? Yeah, a little bit. My mom didn't even invite me to her second wedding. No. <laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking around. Is that real? Okay, I was going to say. No. <laughs> I looked on my face, I was like... You never know. Absolutely dismayed. <laughs> Family is a, you know important subject. It's a complicated know. matter. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that uh, the day of the wedding, it was 34 degrees in uh, the UK. So for you American listeners out there, it's probably, a, what is that, 84 degree Fahrenheit? So we have American listeners? Ah, they're out there. They know who they are. We do now. Yeah. Well, Sweet. We're in Vancouver. We're pretty much Seattle. Yeah. Well, Elon Musk tweeted at me the other day saying oh, yeah, that he tri- listened to the oh, yeah. still trying to get first him on, couple. Yeah, he's American technically, so I guess we do have an American listener. He mm-hmm. counts, yeah, surely. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah, 34 Hi, Elon. degrees. <laughs> Hello, Elon. Um, but yeah, 34 degrees, uh, had the suit fitting. I was sweating just thinking about Must it. Must have been people passing out everywhere, 34 degrees crazy. in England. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's panic, mad uh, dashes, water shortages. It was all happening. Uh, not quite when you filled up the swimming pool with a hose pipe. It wasn't... Wasn't quite. Uh, sorry to bring that one back up again. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Environmental board. Um, yeah, but I was doing my suit fitting and the weather. We were keeping an eye on the Saturday. That was the day of the wedding. Or should I say night? It was a twilight wedding. It wasn't vampires and uh, horrible uh, novels. It was. Damn! I really <laughs> hope that was the theme. <laughs> oh my god! No, it was a uh, James. James's <laughs> mum is a huge Twilight she's fan. A, she's a big fan. She's on Team Edward. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for them photos to come out. James wearing fake oh, fangs. Yeah, yeah. it's fanging it. <laughs> fang glitter on his cheeks. Got yeah, the white foundation. Oh, oh my well, back God. in uh, Vancouver now. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a hot day and a hot evening. The ceremony was at 6.30. So it was nice, actually. We did the ceremony, walked mum down the aisle, came back, uh, and my brother headed onto the other side of my mum. So we both walked her down there and set everyone off crying. And then, uh, yeah, straight into the buffet, straight onto the dance floor. Can't hold back. Nice, yeah. nice. And uh, how was the how was the reception on your end? You know, open bar, I assume. Uh, unfortunately, not. No. You know what? I was okay. a little little put back by that. Oh. I must. Uh, do you uh, have a strong word to uh, you to know, your mum about uh, this? Mum, if you're listening, uh, I do apologise. Jesus, flew all the way back to England, <laughs> not even an open bar. Well, it was no. There was a little catch. It's like the first drink you got was free, so you get your first drink, and oh, so if you're getting a round, one of the drinks is free. So yep. I was like, it was weird because I was like, okay, I get a shot of whiskey, as you do. Uh, so we were by, that was later in the night. It was, uh, had everyone out there doing shots and it was like my one. I just had to get the wallet out. So I forgot it wasn't free <laughs> and uh, got a bit carried away. Of course you did. Uh, what <laughs> did Laura think about the whole thing being back in your home? Was that her first time back in your home? Uh, she came back over Christmas. Oh, okay. Uh, so last, it's past Christmas. So yeah, it was this, we're at the six month mark now. Uh, so she, yeah, she loved it. And we got to, we, I kept a day for us. So we did a little British seaside, went to the arcades and just like took it to some other places and, yeah, the arcades. Yeah, the mm. classic, you know, very classy. We went on the 2P machines and uh, that's when you got the kind of, uh, any British listeners again, I, as I say, I don't think we got them, but uh, 2P machines, uh, an institution of Britain, you put in a £5 note or a pound coin and you get a 2P change and fill a little tub, a little butter tub, and you uh, just well, put well in 2P. One of the, my strongest memories of 
ever traveling through the UK was gone to Blackpool. You've been to Blackpool? Oh, yeah, the Pleasure James? Beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you go down that boardwalk down the beach there. And it's just arcade after arcade after arcade. And it's just full of these little 14-year-old chavs <laughs> smoking, right, smoking yeah. ciggies and just yes. innocuously going up and bumping these arcade games trying to get the yeah. get the money to drop out. It's, uh, it's a really weird cultural thing over there, them arcades. Yeah, and that's why I, I thought I'd show Laura because it's weird for me now because I've been gone, obviously, these six years. So it's like, let's go and see the, you know, the sights, sounds, horrible smells of the arcade. Uh, so, you know, it's we chewing like, gum. this is fucking shit. It out. was shit, but Laura got a nice... Uh, Hot donut, it's uh, a classic, you know. To you match know. the hot beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a good one-two punch. Um, but yeah, lovely, lovely trip. It was, it was great, but fantastic to be back, I must say. Um, one thing that did happen there is, again, it's cultural these days. Obviously, we've got the tipping system out here. Going back to the UK, I find myself more inclined to tip when I'm there. So it makes You don't have to. You don't have to at all. They must it love makes, you over there. Honestly, it makes yeah. their day, and that's why You're I love it. You're a hero. It. Yeah, it's like they don't expect it. They're like, seriously? Are you, are you okay? Like, what's the catch? And just seeing their little faces light up, you know, you're making a difference to these lives. Were you, were you tipping on the drinks that you were buying at the wedding? Uh, no, they didn't deserve <laughs> that. Ooh. <laughs> I get a little yeah, bit harsh. So. No, no, not those drinks. Uh, but Weatherspoons, certainly, you know, you can't let Weathers go without. Uh, only a couple of times. And the pizza guy as well. Even though they were late, I still felt Now, Weatherspoons, this is a big, like chain of restaurants that's famous it is right? so for those that don't know Weatherspoons just I'm a, learning <laughs> just a go to very cheap drinks and not too shabby either you, you get food what's there the easily. equivalent here Earl's no, or Earl's is, Earl's? Uh, no Earl's is more up there and okay. and here and Weatherspoons as well you go up you're like in most places in England you order your food first you pay for it all up front so you can just wander out whenever you're done uh, make a note of your table number. Uh, but it's basically the the place you end up at the pre-drinks before you go on a proper night out, and usually we end up back at the end of the night. So it's uh, it's cheap all around, about £2.20 a pint. I'm not sure if I've ever done that, started a night at a place, and then gone mm-hmm. out elsewhere, and then wound up back at the same place. Oh, it mm. happens. It's the Weatherspoon's tractor beam. Kebab shops. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. out kebabs. Here. The yeah. closest thing that's sure. happened to me is I remember one time I got beers at a liquor store in this tiny town on Vancouver Island to start a night and then went off and around the, uh, went out on the town and then went back at the end of the night to get more beer to go home. And the guy's like, look at that. You've made a regular out of yourself in one night. <laughs> what, what time was this? Because Tofino shuts down pretty early. It's a small town. It was, uh, it wasn't Tofino actually. It was a town, um, Shawnigan Lake. Sure, oh, you just said Tofino. I said a small town on Vancouver Island. Oh, I <laughs> just assumed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Clearly not listening. There's already. lots uh, of small towns on Vancouver Island. Okay. My bad. Out there. Sorry about that. Yeah. But yeah, you're talking about places shutting down early. That was another thing I totally forgot about England. 5 p.m., the whole high street shut down. Ghost town. And we're well, talking probably Thursday. Probably in Canterbury. Canterbury, yeah. But, but I'd forgotten that even happened because mm-hmm. I'm so used to... Vancouver's not exactly the city that never sleeps, but there's always people around. There's always shops open. 5 p.m., ridiculously early that's crazy well people complain about vancouver you know a lot of places no fun city <laughs> yeah there's only one after hours nightclub yeah what celebrities gorgamish caprice opens at three o'clock no i don't oh. think caprice is there anymore it's ah, turned into I'm a colony I'm yeah out the loop. no the one you just said yeah what's it called gorgamish <laughs> they don't serve any water i no sorry they don't <laughs> serve, they don't serve any alcohol they, stay just, hydrated, they just sell water bottles of water are ten dollars no is that yeah. a thing? Is that legit? Yeah. Everybody's just walking around with oh, saucer 
plated okay. eyes. Yep. Yeah, I see. Uh, Gorgamish. Forty dollars to get in. Jeez, Where, yeah. where's it? Where's that at? Where, where, where's downtown? Where's it's a really sketchy looking place. <laughs> I haven't been there since I was younger. Too old for that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting up there, boy. We're getting real obscure Vancouver now. Yeah, we're getting a bit weird now. Yeah. We're not here to plug Cockermish. So, uh, (laughs) James, uh, besides getting to the beach towns or anything, did you do anything to beat the heat in England? Uh, what was that? Did beat the heat. That's what you said. Cool beat up. The heat. Yeah. No, I know. I thought you were like happy with yourself for making that little rhyme there. <laughs> well, I'm just heat. trying to transition out of this. Beat the uh, heat. I thought beat the heat is something that Eric does by himself. Uh, <laughs> well, it's a new segment starting next week. Beat the heat. Uh, how'd you How'd you beat it this week, son? <laughs> oh, jeez. I was asking no. you. Oh, okay. Well, that's none of your business. Uh, <laughs> okay. 34 no, no, no. is crazy, though, because if it gets to 24 here in Vancouver, they yeah. put out a weather warning. It, like, yeah. Like the local government put out a weather warning if it's more yeah. than 24 degrees. Yeah. Well, well apparently it got too hot because North Vancouver just cancelled a giant water slide down Lonsdale Avenue, according to a new news article. Nice transition. Why? <laughs> Thank uh, you. Laws and regulations. Oh, that's, Something that's to do with the... That. Uh, that is Vancouver the always loves to bring Vancouver in. specialty. It's always yeah. laws and regulations. Yeah. Like when, for the Raptors games, we were the only city in the whole of Canada where we didn't have like an outdoor viewing party because the mayor said, well, it's fair enough, the city does have a history of rioting for sports games. Oh, yeah. But yes. what was the reason for no... Because this has become quite popular in the last... Uh, couple of years, right? Have you, have you just read the headline again? You're going to skim down? Yeah, no. Well, the city said that the third-party water slide <laughs> provider for a two-day festival in the lower Lonsdale area of North Vancouver uh, would not be able to fill ver- their commitment to provide a thousand-foot water slide down Lonsdale Key this year. Thousand-foot. Thousand-foot. What's that for us in the metric system? Oh, good call. You know your feet. What are you? I don't know. Height-wise, you got... Oh, yeah, you foot? got meters, then, yes. Probably 330. No, that's a good point. Three. I know my height in feet and inches, but not in meters or centimeters, go. so... <laughs> I have no idea. This is great content. Yeah, this is uh, what we're talking yeah. about. But, yeah, it was cancelled, and is it water issue? Is it safety? Um, it is actually due to the, uh, the costs associated with uh, running this kind of event. Yeah, you would think just put down a big sheet of plastic. Yeah, like no. thousand you, feet. I mean, I think they're that. talking about a full-on water slide with plastic and everything. It's almost like it's uh, well, not a... I can't imagine plastic. It's not a financially, <laughs> a it's not a plastic, financially yeah. feasible option to run water for three days no, straight. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. No, no one would ever, in their right mind, run a hose pipe. <laughs> no. Who the That's fuck great. would do that? What kind no. of an arsehole? Oh, sorry. Nah, By the way, Mikey, when uh, you were mentioning Blackpool earlier, I was wondering if that was the nickname for your backyard after that pool party <laughs> you had. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. Green pool. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Uh, you haven't been to the UK yet, have you, Eric? Still yet to get out? No, no. Yeah. I haven't been. Didn't yeah. we come, a, come up with a nickname uh, for a cocktail for my... What was it Maybe. called? I have no idea. Uh, well, uh, available now, episode two, if you want to go back and uh, <laughs> find out what that cocktail <laughs> name was. Maybe I'll go back and listen <laughs> to uh, yeah. remind the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, how many of us are here tonight? So we got us three. and uh, who We do, do we have, have a guest tonight. Yeah, who do we have over there? Well, um, again, maybe Mikey can do a better job at uh, yeah, I got introducing crucif- our guest. I got guests. crucified last week for not doing a good job of introducing my guest properly. Um, 
But once again, the other boys have dropped the ball on trying to find a guest, so they've, no they've left it up to me again. No so friends. that's the thing, I was trying to think, is it because they don't have any friends or I've just got superior organisational skills? I doubt it's the latter, to it's be Again, it's who we can get last minute, so who's, whoever's available. And uh, The only, the only person us. I know that's free on a every Friday night. <laughs> no, he's a great is a popularity <laughs> contest. He's a great friend. I've known him for about uh, 12 years, I suppose. And as soon as we came up with the idea of this podcast, his name sprang to mind straight away for a couple of reasons. He's a great storyteller. He loves talking about himself. <laughs> but most importantly, <laughs> he is living abroad. Uh, he's actually an expat of two countries, technically. He uh, spent some time, in, well, born and raised in New Zealand, spent some time in Australia, now finds himself in Vancouver, out more specifically Eric's apartment right now. The one and only Sam. Hi, Cheers. Sam. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Thank you. All right. Welcome. Welcome. How you going, mate? Thanks for sitting through all that uh, preamble yeah. of talking about water slides and... Beating heat. <laughs> Absolute drivel. That's <laughs> nah, no worries. We were supposed to beat the heat before Sam. So, uh, <laughs> now, how long have you been in... Van- You're a bit of a newbie because we had uh, Keegan on last week who has been here for quite some time. We're going the other spectrum. You've only really just arrived the last couple of months to Vancouver specifically. Yeah, I think it's been about seven or eight months now. Eight months. What? To fresh. Vancouver? He's fresh. Yeah. Yeah, actually closer to nine months. In yeah. Vancouver? Oh, not just Vancouver. No, Canada in general. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, okay. I've been, I've been in Vancouver for the last two months. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Where were you before that? Whistler. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Whistler. What? An Aussie in Whistler? Well, we've got to... Hang on. So this is something we... Do we call you a Kiwi or an Aussie? Oh, man, that's that's a hard one. That's a hard one to work out. I I'd probably say Aussie because because mm, I have heard yourself call yourself Aussie. Yeah, I was, and I was a bit unsure work? about that. I was to be honest. I was born in New Zealand and then moved to Australia uh, when I was seventeen. And I guess okay. before seventeen is just kind of white noise. Uh. Like uh, you don't really count. So I sort of I would say that I grew up in Australia. You've only I been an adult the last couple of years, but yeah, you've only been an adult in Australia. <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 say I've been an adult, and that's <laughs> where you two met. So let's start there. You two met in Perth. Yeah, yeah. It's um, so yeah. Tell us, tell us why you came to Perth because obviously you didn't move over no. as a seventeen-year-old by yourself. No, no, no. It's um, Dad did the original uh, thing that you do from New Zealand. You chase money over to Australia. It was booming, so he chased it across. Sick of running his sick of running his own business in New Zealand. Uh, did he come over for mining? Was it? No, he didn't come over for mining. He just uh, one of his apprentices moved over for mining and um, and ended up back roofing. And the money was crazy compared to what we were getting in New Zealand. So he followed it over, dragged us across. Family of five. Family of five. Yeah. What did you think about the move? I at on, first. Yeah, I honestly had no dramas. It was all I had to do was complete my last year of school and then move straight over. Like it's the countries are as much as we're different. We're still pretty similar at our core. Mm-hmm. So had you been to Australia prior to moving? I had been in Melbourne and Brisbane, but for only like weeks at a time, uh, I'd never really moved. And then Perth is so far removed from the rest of Australia. Mm. Um, and it's it's a super similar, well, uh, yeah, pretty popular story that Kiwis would come over to Australia because you can earn a, a lot more. And particularly Western Australia, a lot of Kiwis would come over to um, work on the on the mining in particular. so I didn't know this. Yeah, I yep. didn't know. Does it go both ways to um, many? <laughs> I was going to say many Aussies go out to New Zealand because it's nice to have the option, right? Yeah, the, the option's there. It's like a it's a visa where we can live and work in each other's countries. Yeah, yeah it's an open um, border. 
open border between the two countries, but um, yep. you're not technically classed as a permanent resident. Jeez, I'd say one side is a bit heavily favoured in the, uh, that in that relationship, oh isn't yeah. it? Or oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say New uh, Zealand's uh, batting above its, above its average with that one. You say oh, controversial. <laughs> nah. Any Kiwi listeners? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We, sing- we will love the, it. The single Kiwi listener we have. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> They're out there in Rotorua <laughs> listening as we speak. Um, but yeah. Uh, where, so where in New Zealand are you from? Uh, Taronga Bay of Plenty. Oh, Taronga. Oh, Bay of Plenty. Nice. Beautiful up there. Yeah. Good stuff, and, and is it a little bit forward of me to ask your age now, because just to get a picture, because you were seventeen when yeah, you were I'm 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 twenty eight, turned twenty nine. Okay, that's that's interesting though. So seven prior to seventeen, kind of just a bit of a blur, and then out in Australia, that's when you really feel like you kind of came into your own. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you everything's everything's laid out for you in that first seventeen years. You know, everything. Yeah. You 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 don't your day is a routine every single day, and right. then you finally become an adult, and then so all of a sudden it's got all these decisions, and that's where you grow up. So sure. what did becoming an adult in Australia look like for you? Uh, it looked like uh, me uh, leaving school, going, uh, doing, you know, everything that everyone told me to do, going to go to university, deciding that I hated that because everyone I told me to do it. I forgot you went to university. What did you study? I studied engineering because that's just oh. what my, you know, the, the classic, your classes match up with the course. So you go and do the course and then all of a sudden that doesn't work because you you hate it. That's a shame. So yes. did you finish? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> How long um, did you last? <laughs> I, I lasted 18 months and then I went and got a trade. I became an electrician and that was nice. the best decision I ever made. Good move. Um, electrician extraordinaire, he calls himself. <laughs> Something like that. It's on that. his business card. Uh, is that He's wearing a name tag that says that right now, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit weird that he wore it. Yeah, thanks for bringing that with you. Uh, and uh, has that continued to your Canadian life right now? So electrician still the field that you're in? Yeah, that's where I'm at now. That's where I'm back to. I took a break. Okay. Uh, and now that I'm back to doing that. Brilliant. Do you yeah. like being back? I do. Um, you're you're I, enjoying it? Yeah, I'd plan, to t- I'd plan to take a bit of a longer break from it. Uh, I was working a uh, small business, which was difficult. Anyone out there running a small business, power to you. Yeah, you, work, you work 12 hours a day, and then you just come home and do six hours of paperwork. It's not the most fun. And one thing I want to bring up, we briefly spoke about it off air a couple of weeks ago. We'll talking about metric and imperial with the water slide before then but they do in the electrician trade they do everything in imperial here in canada right so you've had to relearn everything in different units which is weird yeah they do yeah so a lot of the um a lot of, a lot of the gear that gets brought out is run by american companies or a lot of the stuff is yeah run by american companies so it's it's all imperial so whereas canada and you said you enjoy it more or, or it's easier it's 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 relatively easier, yeah. Uh, yeah. Believe believe it or not, right? Yeah, huh. yeah. When you're looking at a measuring tape, it it's it, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. really makes it way easier. I'll do to respect to all the Canadian tradesmen out there, but I remember that being really confusing too. My dad is a tradesman, and talking about oh yeah, like he's like uh, oh yeah, get me a five sixteenth. Like ratchet head or something <laughs> like that, and I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? Like they teach us the metric system. I don't even in know what a ratchet here. head. Ratchet. Is. I would have yeah. come back with like a screwdriver. Or yeah. Something. Oh no, he would have asked me for a left-handed screwdriver <laughs> as a fucking joke. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Classic dad joke. So uh, you had to adapt to the imperial system here, but you said that that uh, wasn't too much of an issue for you. So no, how long were you an electrician in uh, Australia then? I was uh, electrician in Australia for seven years. 
You're pretty Seven senior. Years. You're pretty much running a company, weren't you? Back nice. Then? Yeah, running running adjacent. So the boss was doing all the paperwork, and I was booking all the jobs and running. Can't running believe someone let you run a company still. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. Joking, mate. And now here I am. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What influenced that decision? To come to Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably the classic story, um, the, the, the breakup in Australia and then, uh, uh, and then the, uh, get out of that and then move to something else. Well, this is only the third episode, so I'm not sure how much of a well-established classic story that is yet, but, uh, uh we've well, all been it's through st- it. It's my story. Yeah. And I moved yeah. out. We haven't someone. had a huge diversity of guests. <laughs> to be <laughs> fair, another guest from Perth. Well, you know. <laughs> Small world. There. So people are just dumping people over in Perth and just sending them off it on their way. Is that a law in Perth that them you off. get broken up with? You have to leave the country. <laughs> Come to off. Vancouver specifically. Yep, yep. specifically yeah, Vancouver. It's a, yeah, it's a classic. Well, Sam has always liked to follow in my footsteps, so he's ah. just following his. Uh, okay, he's, he's great, mate. I, I'm really to thank for your entire life back in Perth, aren't I? I really, I really set things up. I was the first person you met, wasn't yes. I? Well, one of, the, one of the, I was your first friend. Yeah, no, first person, first one. I met, I met, I met Graham first, and then he introduced me. To me. That introduced him, to me. introduced you to me. Graham uh, wasn't a friend. Well, we worked together. Yeah, but I met. Tell Graham. that story. Tell that story where we worked and all that. Yeah, so m- me and Mikey worked at a supermarket and IGA. Oh, stacking shelves. Um, stacking shelves. Yeah, so I was stacking shelves uh, on a Saturday with another friend of ours, Graham, back in Perth. Shout out, Graham. Shout out. All right, Graham. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, man, blah, 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 we're stacking shelves. And he's like, oh, i got a friend, Mikey, that works here. You'll, you'll see him on Wednesday. So we're hanging out, spend the next few weeks doing night shift. And then uh, Australia Day was coming up. Uh, and Mikey was like, do you know anyone? I was like, no, what is Australia Day? Never really heard of it before. Just moved here, freshly 17. Yeah, little Kiwi. Yeah, little Kiwi Not living sure. in Perth. And then he's like, yeah, you can come to a party with me. And uh, yeah, the rest of history, pretty met all his friends. Pretty and, uh, nice of me, wasn't it, to invite yeah, you to was, that party, was, introduce you to all your friends? It was very nice of you. Very generous. To which you, after the party started, an hour later <laughs> bailed on the party and <laughs> left me, a fresh-faced little seven-year-old, at a party where I had met everyone there an hour and a half before. What'd you bail to go do, Mikey? Ah. <sighs> <laughs> get uh, laid. We know that. Yeah, we know that look. Yeah, yeah. Definitely failed to get laid. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it forced you to make friends. So it I feel did. like I was doing you a service uh, by doing that. No, I did feel terrible. How did you get home from that party in the end? Terrible. I because um, I remember I picked you up from your house and your mum came out and gave me a real stern talking to about <laughs> how you're only seventeen and take really? good care of my little Sam. <laughs> You know, um, don't let him drink. I don't leave him alone. Don't go off and get laid. I failed everything in the first <laughs> yeah. hour of this party. Don't worry, when I moved to Vancouver, every single thing you told me to do, I failed straight away as uh, well. That's a very good point. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, let's I, talk I, about that. I think I stayed the night and then everyone dropped me off the next day. Nah, that's, that's very good. And so you sent, you spent, well, <laughs> 10 years, ten, I guess. Ten, ele- 11 years, yeah. In Perth. That's yep. crazy. Wow. Jeez. And so when you came to... Um, British Columbia, you went through, what did you go through? You went through a, like a, like a, a company that helps you get set up here, right? Ex- yeah. Explain that process because none of us did that. So no. that's interesting to hear about. Oh. Yeah. So I had, I had, I had another friend come over here. Um, another good friend of mine's uh, little sister was living in Whistler, done the same thing as me. She uh, went through a company. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if I should shout them out, but. Is it uh, Boonac? No, the Working Holiday Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they, um, they're, I think they've got an office based in Vancouver pay them a certain amount of money they hook you up with a job an interview 
you're almost guaranteed to get a job, no matter what job it is, and you're working for Whistle Black Home. And so that comes with uh, housing, a job, ski pass, uh, everything. So the, the money you pay them at the end of the day, you kind of get back in discounts on insurance and discounts in flights. Banking out set up and phone and all that stuff. Yeah, they help you out with everything. And then you, um, yeah, they even help you out getting the visa. They don't get you the visa, but they give you like a play-by-play of how it works. Um, okay. Email updates. And yeah. So if you've got the money up front, it's, it's fantastic because you end up overall getting it all back. How common of a system is this for people to come to Canada? Um, I'd say it's pretty common. Um, I know this company, they also do setting up in Japan, setting up in Europe as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's specific for, for people that want to work at ski resorts, correct? Um, for Canada, yeah, and Japan. Uh, England is, they set you up more like a pub lifestyle. Okay. okay. Um, they, get, they get you working in a few pubs and get you warm beer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Get you get Teach you how to use a microwave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it's a it's a fantastic way of doing it. They make everything easy, and they make um because obviously, as we all know, the move across to Canada from the other side of the world, twenty four hours of flying is um is Oof. is expensive. It is a little yeah. bit not for an electrician in Perth, but um, <laughs> but you didn't get the choice of Whistler, right? You were just going to be placed anywhere. No, in BC I, or I got the choice of Whistler. Oh, okay. Um, I got in early enough, thankfully, uh, to get in. Uh, and yeah. But if I didn't get the choice of Whistler, then it was a choice of a lot of other, a lot of other resorts around Canada. What's the perception of Whistler from Australia? Because obviously it's kind of a running assumption that most of the people, I mean, it's a running reality that most of the people working in Whistler are Australian. It's the literal majority of the workforce up there. What do people look at Whistler like from Australia? <laughs> like, I'm just curious about that perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we know, we know, we know what we're doing up there. Like, we we know that it's going to be full of Australians. Um, mm-hmm. We just know that it's, I don't know, it's it's somewhat of an escape. Like, it's it's a good time up there. Um, you know, you're gonna you know you're gonna party. You know, you're gonna do a job that at the end of the day doesn't really mean much. It's not going to get you much. It's like it, I was thinking about it today before I came on here. Like the money up there, it's almost like it's its own currency in Whistler. Mm-hmm. You never really make enough to get out of Whistler unless you don't do the Whistler activities. You sort of just, you make enough for food, you make enough for drinks, you make enough to do what you want to do, and the bank account never really hits zero. Wow. Certainly, it's its own little bubble, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah the, bu- the bubble is the exact it's word. It's very isolated in that kind of sense, yeah. I feel like, which has always put me off from, from moving there. Personally, when I was back in Australia, I'd never actually even heard a whistler until I came <laughs> here, which is slightly embarrassing. Well, the thing with that is as well, it could have happened. You could have easily just have rocked up in Whistler and had, you know, uh, it's hard to imagine about five years there, but I know people right there now, mm. five years is a long time in Whistler. And now they're at that point where they're like, what do we do? Can we leave Whistler? We've set up a life here. It's a little tricky. Yeah, well, six, uh, mu- six months in Whistler was a long time. Yeah. yeah, so Sam was there for six months. I was going to say, did you feel a bit, was it almost exhausting? Was it an exhausting lifestyle? It was. It was. It's, it's funny. Like it was, um, I, I was doing a night shift there at uh, one of the restaurants, so uh, it, it allowed me to snowboard as much as I wanted every single day. But um, that wasn't the exhausting part. It was when I got back on day shift after the night shift um, season ended. Um, that's, that's when I found it exhausting. Like working a 40-hour week in a restaurant was... That was that was the exhausting part. Night shift was no worries. It was chill, but we're probably partying for about forty hours a week as well. Which doesn't <laughs> help. Yeah, but Even once, w- as soon as I didn't have the option to snowboard anymore, as soon as I was at work, I was like, 
fuck, this is more than I signed <laughs> up for. Did you uh, <laughs> hop over to the mountain biking or the whitewater rafting or the, the summer? No, no, no. I left, I left Whistler before summer started, but yeah. me and two wheels don't have a good history. So Right, um, any broken bones back there? Yeah, sna- snap, snapped arm on a motorbike. So, Ooh. And that's, that's yeah. about the end of it. When was that? Uh, when I was a kid back in New Zealand. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah it's before your time, Mikey. Yeah, no. on the scene yet. Savage, and I saw a few injuries from a few good friends up there over the summer before, and it was, uh, it's yeah, it's the ones that send you home. Yeah, it's, it's those two wheels. It's probably a pretty good uh, job up there, being the physio or the a, a local <laughs> doctor. You'd get a hell of a hell of a yeah, lot of work if, up there, right? If you were a doctor thinking about moving up to Whistler, charge ten bucks. L- Ten bucks less a uh, a session, and I guarantee you'll be the busiest clinic in the uh, in BC area. They only have the one emergency clinic up there. People aren't opening up private practices in Whistler. There's a well, couple. There's, there's a couple, but they are. Super why can't they? Do you think there's a restriction on it? Because Whistler has probably just expensive as to open up your own non-government subsidized place. Yeah, I guess that's true. I knew the. Uh, I used to know the. Dentist in Pemberton. Okay. I think there are only two up there, and he was one of them. It'd be one great of two to dentists. have. It'd be great to have him on. Actually, his name was Coco. His oh. name is Coco. He's not dead, but he lives in Calgary now. And I was going to uh, say, used to know. He lived in Whistler and, and worked in Pemberton as now the dentist. Just some dentist that I used <laughs> to know. knew it was coming. Somebody, <laughs> some dentist. All right, Coco, if you're out there, I'll show out this episode. Oh one yeah, there. Coco. I'm in love. The name of my nan's little poodle, little black uh, black poodle called Coco. So Aww. just a little side note there. Oh, I'm going to think of that every time I <laughs> see my mate. Yeah. And uh, Coco, she every time she sees me, if I come back from like you know this recent trip, she gets so excited that she wets herself and pisses everywhere. So my nan goes and gets the kitchen roll ready. Like she knows, that, yeah, Aww. she knows that the uh, the the kitchen paper. She needs to get that ready. It's about little um, <laughs> disposable diapers. <laughs> depends, almost. doggy depends. I hope that's not what the dentist did when they saw oh, you, yeah, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, <laughs> open wide. Uh, sorry about the puddle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Coco, if you are out there and. Hey, moving Please right along. <laughs> oh, sorry. I always what take us off on these tangents. What was the living situation like in Whistler? Because I always find that absolutely fa- fascinating, the way yeah. that people actually live day-to-day in Whistler. It's yeah. very unique. It's it's very unique. So the housing we had was Glacier Housing, and it's it's pretty famous up there. Everyone knows about it. It uh, It's on the mountain. It's on Black Home Mountain. Uh, it is... It's pretty sketchy. So they've got probably 20 rooms on each floor. I think it's seven buildings. Each building has four floors. And in each one of those buildings, they have two bedrooms with bunk beds. And that is four boys in one room, uh, minus building six, I think it is, which is six bedrooms, one porcelain. Uh, sorry, six people, three bedrooms, one porcelain. It's uh, it's Yeah, it's pretty heavy conditions, especially when you're remote is the world's loudest snorer. So <laughs> fuck. Well, snorer versus teeth grinding. What's the lesser of two evils there? Oh, man, give me teeth grinder any day. Oh. So they put you in these condensed that's situations. <laughs> that's why Coco got so much work. So many teeth grinders <laughs> up in Whistler. <laughs> <laughs> it is known as being a bit of a partying town, let's be honest. It's oh, yeah. Absolutely. It 
Never, never heard of it. So you, well, well, you, you told me that you would sleep most nights on the couch. You didn't even sleep in your bed because of this bloke snoring all the time. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. When I moved back to day shift, it was, it was that's why night shift was so nice. I slept during the day <laughs> while he was at work. The perfect relationship. Somebody would else's it, problem. Would yeah. it get through the earphones if you went to bed trying to combat it with music? Oh. It would penetrate. Oh, buddy, it would get through anything. Ah, oh, shit. You made yeah. drill. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like living next to a train line, but yeah. worse. It was like living God, next I'd to hate a to live next to a train yeah, line. It was like living next to a train line, but the guy above you snores really fucking loud. Uh, <laughs> and was he there like your whole stint there? He was snoring yeah, he every was. night, yeah, constant. Oh, from night number one, I remember Jeez. rolling out the night after, and I was just like, "Fuck this guy! How do I deal with this?" <laughs> was he? And like how a nice did you deal with this? I didn't. I was just like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, sorry, man. Well, you did. You yeah. completely changed your schedule. So you did night shift, didn't you? Yeah, yeah pretty much. That, <laughs> was, that was a small bonus, but the snowboarding, that's what I was there for. Well, yeah, of course. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And D- w- were there any points when you're in Whistler when you just thought to yourself, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, yeah, getting no. good money back in Perth. Yeah. Night number one. <laughs> 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 what happened night number one? So I, I rolled into a party at Building 6, which is known as, like, the party building. And Jess, with, with one of my really good friends, little sister, she was a, she was a person I knew up there. And uh, roll in, three boys are just beating the shit out of each other on the couch, throwing, cl- like, throwing, like, glasses, cans everywhere. It was just ridiculous. And then... This is early on in the season as well. Like, the oh season's yeah, this, only just kicked off. This is, like, October 28th. <laughs> <laughs> and were they uh, confirmed Aussies having the scuffle there? Uh, yeah, I think it was two Aussies and a Kiwi. Yeah. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I was like, holy shit, all right, here we go. Started going in, and then by night number one, rolling into night number two, everyone's doing like the, hey, how are you, what's your name, where you're from, yeah. how old are you? And all of a sudden, I think I might have been the oldest person in Glacier House. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we mentioned, seven buildings, oh. 20 rooms on a floor, four floors, and I may have been the oldest guy there. <laughs> That's right, James can sympathise. Uh, He's yeah, the no, oldest I, person I, in most rooms. Like uh, I feel 20, you. They're like, oh, how you. old are you? And I'm like, 28. <laughs> and one guy's like, 25. And I'm like, sweet, me and you are best friends <laughs> by default. Did you ever find yourself lying about your age? No, I didn't. No, I just fucking owned it. Yeah, fair enough. Owned uh, it as the creepy old guy in building six. I was <laughs> building two. <laughs> oh. That's the only part of the story that I'm going to deny. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm the uh, oldest guy in this building we're currently in, so... Uh, you're in good company, yeah. don't worry. The including, entire building. Including the building yeah. itself, and it is heritage. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll d- 1911. We predate even before that. 1911? 1911. So it was before the... Uh, no. Pre-depression. <laughs> it was yeah. uh, just after the second building of the Granville Street Bridge in 1909. Sorry, okay. that's just a little that's random not, fact. That's me. not true, is it? Yeah, 1889, you had your first incarnation. 1909, and then 1954 is... Uh, Current bridge. Hey, everybody tune in for bridge facts with Jane. Uh, Fascinating <laughs> stuff. Uh, sorry, yes, so it's the no, abridged version. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, guys. God damn it. So this is this is fucking crazy to me. Like I I've heard a million stories about Australians living in Whistler, but these conditions where people are living in such condensed housing, four to a room, seven floors high, however many rooms per floor. It, did did you have any idea of that being what you were signing up for? Um, not, like, not super much. Like, I knew it was going to be bunk beds. And, I, look, it wasn't that bad. 
Like, yeah. I've, I've seen apartments worse than what we were living in, especially for the money we were living in. We were like, like a five minute walk to the ski lift. And um, yeah, and a snowboard down the hill to work, which wasn't a bad way to get to work every mm-hmm. day or in the middle of the night. But in the dream, yeah. Like at the end of the day, you, I guess you make small sacrifices. Yeah, it's but what it, what is the long term for these people living in conditions other than partying? Because because you mentioned kind of the it feels like a self contained currency up there. What is the long term like oh. uh, out of all of this? Like beyond the snowboarding season or whatever. I, I guess a lot of these people up there, uh, they're, they're still pretty young. They're still figuring it out. Uh, for a lot of them, uh, it's go back and go to uni. Or um, they've finished uni, uh, gone up for the holiday, and then they go back and get a get a real job, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's certainly just a... It always seems like just a very temporary lifestyle. But you do get that odd person that gets trapped up there and you hear yeah. they've been there for five. Yeah, unless... Have, have you heard of someone that's been there longer? Yeah, no, no, the the the, the same five five yeah. five years around about yeah. that time. Like it's that's that's insanity. They've been there, and then time. you drop dead from party. Yeah. Uh, and and the locals, the locals are all uh, they're all they're all decent. They've been up there for a long time. They've seen Whistler change from like I I got my hair cut by a lady up there who's been up there since like oh man like the sixties. So she's seen oh. it go from like you know the tiniest lots when like we are catching the gondola was a garbage dump. Mm. Oh, was she a hairdresser all those years too? So in the sixties, she's cutting them afros. Um, oh man, I think she's been a hairdresser for a long time. Um, I honestly don't know though. I don't know. I don't I know, know what that she was, was doing a bit of a, a bit of a moot point. <laughs> Sorry, there. I don't know why I felt inclined to ask that. But, but yeah, she's she's in it all, and then um, everyone had seen it move on to Vale's hands and uh, and see where that went. Yeah, that was two years ago that Vale took over, right? Two mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. before you went. Yeah, but I, th- I guess even since the Olympics in. 2010, it would it would have been pretty different. Eric, you're a local British Columbian. Did you ever go there before the Olympics? I came to Vancouver once during the Olympics, but uh, my first trip to Whistler was in 2014 oh, on Canada Day. Hmm. Yeah, I'd never been before then. Um, I went bungee jumping. But uh, what uh, what percentage do you think of all those people who are doing these short stay short term vacation? kind of party stays, university gap year kind of thing. Um, do you think very many of those people fall in love with Canada and end up staying, going for the long haul permanent residency and things like that? Uh, I think I think maybe once I get a bit older, maybe the guys up there that are like 25 and stuff like that. Yeah. I think old. <laughs> what do you Bloody call yourself then, mate? If you're no, I'd I'd older. There was fucking e- senior there was citizen. A, there was an ER on that. I'm a geriatric fuck. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, you're 28, mate. That's, yeah. that's, good go- that's good going. That's good going. You got right. Mikey over here next to you. I think I think the people, yeah, that are, that are up there once I've then once I've hit like 25 and stuff, they've at least got a degree under the belt. They've done some yeah. work and something like that. They can see, I guess, the career path. They can see going to get permanent residency or whatever it is. Yeah. And I guess I do fall in love with Canada, but for, for anyone else that's pretty young, it does seem very temporary. It must be tougher out in Whistler as well, where there's so many, as you said, temporary jobs, that getting something like permanent residency that usually these days requires this kind of skilled position, and that's no slight on the lift operators out there. Um, but you know what I mean, There's a it's a big turnover out there. So to get sponsored is... Yeah, for, I mean, for a lot of people, it's their first job. Like, I'm not even kidding. There's a lot of people there, it's, it's their first job, and you can tell straight away, and I mean... They're definitely not going to get permanent residency from there. 
So it was a big part of you coming back to Vancouver so you could get a permanent job, work toward permanent residency. Is that what's in your future? Yeah, yeah. I met a, I met a nice Canadian girl when I, um, when I got over here and I've been over here for a while. And uh, it, was, um, it, was, it was just, you know, Tom and the relationship to move back to Vancouver, which was, which was perfect because Whistle was – I didn't really want to be there for summer and I feel like I'd, I'd burnt myself out after six months and it was kind of nice to come back to, um, let's call it the real world. Um, yeah. And get back, get a real job, get a – uh, not really a career move, but just get back on the get back on the track. Yeah, my, even Mikey was up there today. What did, what was your impression when you ducked in, ducked out? Um, well, I got a funny relationship for with Whistler, as probably you boys do as well, because we just go there on day trips for our job. Um, I always find it strange going up there, and seventy five percent of the ac- of the people that you hear have an Australian accent, so it is a little bizarre um, when you go up there. But, uh, yeah, I could never have seen myself living up there. Just absolutely exhausting. I feel like I partied a lot when I first moved to Vancouver. And if I would moved to Whistler, that would have been amplified by Jeez. probably 10. So I would have lost a couple of years. Do you reckon you'd still be sure. there if you, if you had started there? I don't know, mate. I was supposed to be in Vancouver for two weeks and it's been five years. So True. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. But, uh, Sammy boy, you've certainly fallen on your, your feet. Living living down in uh, probably the most prestigious area of downtown, Coal yeah. Harbour. Not too bad nice. at all, mate. Mountains. Yeah, what happened here? there? You said uh, you met you met a nice Canadian girl. Yeah, I found um, one of ours. Yeah, I, I did. I um I met a um shout out Lauren. Um, I met a I, I, I met a girl a couple of days into moving here. A couple of days in. <laughs> what? Yeah, a couple uh, of days in. Not hanging. This about. guy does not fuck around. <laughs> Straight in there. Let's yeah. get that residency. Very Canadian. <laughs> that was not the plan. Um, no, no, I'm, I met a girl a couple of days in and just, uh, just, I guess it was just, yeah, it, it is what it is. We had a fantastic date and kept in touch the whole time I was in Vancouver. And then uh, I was in and out of Van- uh, in and out of Vancouver from Whistler just because, um, yeah, just it, it all, yeah, it was perfect. Good stuff. And where was that first date? Uh, it was at the Kiefer. Oh, yeah, Kiefer Place down there. Chinatown. Yeah, the Kiefer in Chinatown, followed up by, um, I think, the London Pub, and then finished up at the American. <laughs> what you going to say? You finished up. I was going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, no, no, hey, Lauren. No, lovely. Oh, Lauren. Lauren. Right. Well, you shouted her out. Um, so um, how are you finding your time in Vancouver? You've been here for two months now. You seem pretty settled. Yeah, I, I love it, man. It's um, it's 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 nice. Like, it's it's easy to get around the city. It's uh, fantastic. Like, I mean, you may not have Uber here, but having yeah, having the point. Uber eats me. Yeah, having the car sharing systems like Evo, Car to Go. So you're like using that. you're using that now because you've, so you've had some car problems. Yeah, I bought a car off Craigslist. Lemon. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. Oh man. Lemon. Like, Fucking how much? Not just a not just eleven. This thing's a fucking melon. <laughs> <laughs> how much are we talking? Ah, uh, like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know it, but you bought it with a couple of issues, like the speedometer didn't work. Yeah, I fixed that. Okay, and, then and, the, and now what's what's fucked up? On uh, it come come back from Coldest Lake. The transmission shit itself. So uh, that so is. You, you went to Coldest Lake for the weekend, and you you text me saying that you barely made it back. Like, what kind of condition? Um, was what, the car <laughs> oh no, it was it was still in the same condition as when we got on the highway. It was just doing a lot of a lot of shitty gear changes. Like I, it, was, it felt like I was about to die. Right. Yeah. It sounds like that's what my car ended up, and I sold it to 
scrappers for fifty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I am looking at doing the same thing. But um, yeah, Cardigo Evo, they're they're fantastic. I cannot believe those are a thing in Australia. That yeah. would that oh, would, it'd be a nightmare. Oh, it would never work. Someone would bring that up. I that idea up, and that is where the idea would go. Have we Absolutely have we nowhere. talked about car share? Not yet. Not really, but because it's yeah. something that isn't in a lot of cities like i've thought about it before it would never work in australia i don't know why no, no there's, there's people no people would vandalize it and crash it yeah beat the shit out of them yeah it's very trusting isn't it uh, it's so trusting. Very so, trusting so what it yeah. is is these companies that they have hundreds of cars parked around the city when you sign up i think there's a sign up fee of maybe 30 dollars. you got to put in your driver's abstract yeah you put in your driver's abstract but um to show your driving history yeah but that there's not even a fee anymore. Isn't like there? They're, they're, okay. all, they're, they're all offering like a sign-up free kind of deal. Is and the abstract an Aussie thing? I've not heard of that before. It's your driving history to make oh, sure okay. you're not a yeah. shit driver. They right. have that here. Yeah. Yeah. It's your driver's abstract. Oh, and then really? Yeah. yeah. And then you basically just, you download the app. You open up the app if you need to use a car to get somewhere quickly. And it tells you where every car is in the city. You click on the one you want. You walk to it within. Yeah. Once you get within five meters, you open the car using your app, and then you can drive as much as you want. For the listeners in Vancouver, you're wasting your time listening to us describe <laughs> this service that you probably use on a daily basis. Oh, but, uh, yes, Eric. Your members but already. But I'm we're going to have listeners from outside. You were being polite um, to them. I understand. Let's not shoot ourselves be in the polite, foot. Hey. Let's I think that kind of goes back to what we're talking about earlier, though, about Vancouver being hyper strict on regulations and laws and things like that. Oh, that the Uber one is ridiculous. But I mean, like yeah. how these things don't get vandalized and things like that. I mean, you have to sign up with like your driver's license and insurance information and things like that. And you sign all these waivers and it's immediately traced back to you if any damage or parking tickets or anything are yeah, that's a scary, incurred by these things. That's mm. a scary thing about taking one of those. Like, you know, you jump in the car. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, what happens if there's something wrong that I didn't quite see? And the next guy picks it up and they put it on me because I was one before, like mm. a touch that yeah. last kind of thing. But yeah. There's no pre-trip inspections yeah. uh, I, on I these things. I can't believe I was, I was doing the maths on it um, when I was after the car and after how insane insurance prices are. I'm sure you being from England and Mike yes. being from Perth, but can, uh, insurance is insane here. Oh, mm-hmm. massively. Uh, big did, step up. I did a day-by-day plus parking and using Cardigo and Evo is cheaper than owning a car. Like yeah. just... Just upkeep on a car alone is cheaper than uh, is more expensive than using uh, this car sharing app. And of course, you don't have insane. to pay for fuel. Yeah, that's yeah. that. Well. Just upkeep, just mm. upkeep alone, not you know, is insane. But I think they do have a big problem with them cars getting in a lot of accidents because the people that use them are usually people that they don't drive every day. They just mm-hmm. use Evo mm-hmm. maybe to get to a meeting or if they're in a rush, they have to get somewhere. So. They have a high rate of accidents, I heard. And I yeah. actually walked past this um, a body panel shop, and it must be the body panel shop that Evo actually use. There were about 20 Evos smashed to shit in their yard <laughs> waiting to get fixed. No joke. Fuck. So it is a little bit of an issue. But you're right. I'm always worried that the driver before or the driver after is going to pin some damage yeah, on, it, on me. It's insane. Like I have, I've got my BC license, but I've only got maybe a couple of months of BC driving on, like, for example, on the right-hand side, and I can drive an Evo on a car to go. And, I mean, maybe not for you, Eric, but um, being from Vancouver, but you boys, we're all all left-hand-of-the-road drivers. Absolutely. Um, I mean, how it scared the absolute shit out of me. I found some crazy stuff when I first started driving. (laughs) Like, yeah, Well, that's that's another thing as well. Like, going back to my England trip, that was 
very scary. This is very much the default setting now for me. This mm-hmm. the the right hand side of the road back in England, the left. And again, this is going out on air. I, I did get into a little accident while I was back in England. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're scandalous. I know it's a higher car. Uh, and oh, uh, this is a good story. <laughs> James, you said that you didn't drink before you drove. Uh, that come on now, car. come on, come on. No, just just smoked uh, the good stuff. Um, but no, uh, an older guy in his late seventies, I'd say. He had pulled to the left. We were driving on the left side of the road. He had gone curbside and slowed down to a roll. So I indicated to go right around him. And then he did a big sweeping right-hand turn into the side of my car. And I've never got into an accident in Canada. Touch wood. Oh, that's touch glass. Sorry. Touch wood. Uh, and, yeah, this guy sideswiped me big time. And that's the higher car where they call you up on any little slight uh, pebble scratch or so anything. So I'm guessing you didn't get away with it. Um, well... I did actually. Uh, he his damage was a lot worse than mine. I I came out and just you know asked if he was okay, um, but yeah, just a tiny little dent and got a bit of tea cut on there. And which is I don't know if that's a British thing, but tea cut just kind of buffers out any uh, any kind of dull scratches. But yeah, that was another thing. So being back on the left side, that was fine. But this guy just he said he was going around a pothole. There was no pothole. Um, but so. Uh, you haven't heard from the hire car company. You're all good. You're in the clear. Didn't hear in the clear, and it's uh, it's kind of car door level. So I'd say if there was a car, if there was a, a call back to me, um, it would have been like parking lot. Didn't see it. Mm. Someone opened the car door into into it. It's a tiny little. Who dome. else was in the car? Were you in? Just me. No, oh. just me. Laura, my girlfriend, she had been out running, and she came up she saw me driving up back towards my mum's house and she was like oh like waving to me and stuff i was like oh, it's not a good time like uh, <laughs> like just just a minute like i'll tell you what happened in a sec so she like ran back to my mum's house it was literally like i don't know, imperial again it was about 10 meters away uh, but yeah it's it's one of those things i was terrified for driving back in the uk which is one of those things you've been out here six years you're so used to this side of the road now this is my default setting for being mm. on this side of the road being back in england very very strange and i felt weird being on the right hand side of the car but on the left hand side of the road so i had mm. a big left empty space on my left very very strange don't know if you can guys can well I, I went back for christmas and i found it super super strange but when i came here i, I didn't find driving on the right hand side of the road that weird that no. the tough thing for me is that when i bought a car i bought a manual or a stick, and so getting used to changing gears with my right hand, that is what threw me off. Isn't that weird, though, because our dominant hand, often the right hand, so we write with that, do everything with it. We grew up changing gear with our left hand, our non-dominant hand. and So when I went to test drive this car, I was just, like, hopping down the road, like, grinding the clutch and stuff, and the guy's like, do you actually have your fucking (laughs) licence? I I could not work it out at all, but... uh, that's probably why I yeah. died after six months, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I made it a oh, point. Yours made it six months. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I rocked a hard two. It's, it's impressive to compare to your car. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have much experience driving in a country where they fully drive on the other side of the road, different hand steering and everything. Did but I did have a weird experience. Have any of you three been to Laos before? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. No. So That's they drive on... The Canadian side of the road over there. But I think a lot of their cars come from Thailand because mm-hmm. more often than not, you get in a taxi or something like that and they're driving on the Canadian right hand side of the road, but the steering wheels on the other side of the vehicle. Yeah, that's very <laughs> weird. But like the majority, 
because you can you can drive a right hand drive in Canada, like imports and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But Same as in Australia. Yeah. But over there, like it's about fifty fifty. It just feels wow. weird if you're on the right side of the car. It feels like you should be. Well, it's so much more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, I heard this story that in Burma or Myanmar, I think it's now, that a new president voted in and he thought that the country was moving too far left politically and so to bring them back right he changed them driving from the left hand side of the road literally just to the right hand side of the road overnight and the country was so poor that they couldn't really update the infrastructure they couldn't buy new city buses so you got left hand or buses designed to go on the left hand side of the road now suddenly driving on the right hand side of the road so when you drop someone off at the bus stop, they get out into traffic on the wrong side of the bus. Jeez. <laughs> so they didn't really think that one through. No. no. Overnight. I mean, could you imagine if Canada was like Australia and England and it was left-hand driver? Imagine the mess at the border when you had to change sides <laughs> yeah. of the road. Christ. <laughs> 1922, though, was the official year that they made it law in Vancouver was that we really? had to have left-hand drive cars. Okay. Right side of the road. Okay, so wow. Well, okay, like yeah, like James James's lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. I remember the day like it was yesterday. Yeah, uh, you I think heard it the news sli- in England slightly that earlier in Victoria too. That must have been when the we were talking about the the Camby last pod. Actually, yeah. Sam, you had an update because we didn't know why the Camby. We spoke about this last podcast. Yeah. yeah, the oldest pub, which would have been open around that time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's when it would have been opened. Yeah, but Sam, I mean, you had an update as to why it's actually. Closing, what did you hear? Yeah, I, I read or heard on the radio that it was due to a divorce uh, and he could not afford to keep it going. So he l- essentially lost it in the divorce. I think it was that, yeah. Got sold to a property developer. Tragic. It's well, a big fuck you. When I think of that story, I think of the wife and then <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> you know that meme where like the, s- the Snoop Dogg song plays or whatever and then glasses fly down and then like a split flies into <laughs> yeah, her mouth. Yeah, just life. Dead. Did you, did you did sign it with a regular signature or draw a massive middle finger on the <laughs> yeah, sign here? Much. Yeah. Jeez. Well, that's yeah. it. Yeah, our last podcast we told stories of uh, racism, cockroaches and uh, uh, vomit. I heard. So did, did you I, ever I, get, have you been to the Canby? I, I have not been to the Canby yet. Oh, okay. We've oh, got what? a couple of months. It closes down in November, so we're just going to have to... Yeah. We'll have to get down there for um, well, for a big night. We haven't really been... I haven't really taken you out properly on the town yet. No, there was... there was. Uh, yeah, we've, we've been out once or... Tw- <laughs> we've, we've been out once or twice, but yeah. um, nothing nothing really huge. Um, oh. Canby it is then. Oh we're boys. thinking about doing a podcast from the Canby, if um, I can arrange I it. I did hear that. It sounds there's, there's amazing. A, there's a hostel attached, so I'm sure we could get some... Some great stories there. Um, so, do you think you'll ever get back to back to Perth or back to Australia in general to live, or do you think this is it now? Um, depends I, on the I, I, yeah. It d- depends on depends where things end up. Um, Perth was pretty hard to live in as an as a as a tradesman towards the end because um, it went from being a great place to live for a tradesman to yeah yeah, and then they had a bit of a mining boom, a bit of a housing housing collapse, and well, the mining boom went down, the housing collapse started because of the no more money, money, uh, jobs ended up becoming few and far between. Everyone had a piece of paper and there weren't enough jobs to go around. So unfortunately, it, it's just moving across here, it came across at the perfect time. But I am I am going back to Perth for a small holiday uh, in October for a very good friend's wedding. Nice. Um, but yeah, it is 
man, it's it is a long time. I, I looked up, I looked at my flight schedule. It is yeah, I'm literally traveling for 24 hours just to get back. What way are you going? How how are you getting through there? I am flying through Hong Kong with a two hour stop. Hong over. Kong. Yeah. <laughs> so how far is the flight from here to Hong Kong? 15. And then from Hong Kong to Perth? Eight. That's all right. It's a, it's it's horrible in you know cumulative travel time, but yeah, it but leaves us a little gap. We're we're breaking it up. We're flying back uh back through uh Indonesia, Indonesia uh to Hong Kong, all and right. then and then back to back to Vancouver. Yeah, you're taking the uh the new misses back to yes, Perth. Yes, I am indeed. How do you how do you feel about doing that? Introducing you to uh the group of mates back home, and how does she feel about it all? Oh, cheers! Shit, scared of snakes and spiders, <laughs> man. Um, oh, the spiders. Does she think oh. everything's gonna? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that who your out. friends are back home? Snakes and spiders. Yeah, 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 that's, I, yeah most definitely. No, she's uh, she's she's shit scared of that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not too thing. But it's 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 interesting. It's um, I heard you saying earlier, James, that you go back to or you're trying to go back to England every six months. And yeah. uh, living away from New Zealand, it's uh, it's really only been the trips went back. I went for a couple of holidays, but then the trips ended up becoming family celebrations or family emergencies and that was the only type of trips back and now that i'm on the other side of the planet that's uh that's a long way to go back for a for an emergency that's new well, zealand's even further Definitely. i went i went back for christmas and I, I hung out with our mutual friends and they'd actually kind of forgotten who you were so <laughs> don't expect to go back to, to a right, warm welcome that's the, that's the best part about looking like everyone else you are uh, very forgettable face <laughs> Well, um, for podcast. well, Mikey asked, uh, maybe thinking about going back to Australia, maybe down the line. How about New Zealand? Is that one completely done? You couldn't see yourself back in NZ. No, that one's that one's if if anything more more on on the cars. New Zealand, New Zealand's fantastic, but uh, yeah, it's um because it. yeah, we should mention your family ended up moving back to New Zealand, yeah, so they're yeah. no longer in Perth. Yeah, five, oh, cool. Five years on after moving to Perth, they moved back, and that left me with the decision: Do I stay in Perth? Or do I go back to New Zealand? I was halfway through an apprenticeship. Um, I had had a life set up there, and uh, it was it just became too easy to stay. But um, yeah, no, it's New Zealand's cool. New Zealand's very very similar climate to Vancouver. Yeah, definitely. But, but the thing is, I find about Perth. So we're, we're talking about uh, a lot of Australians uh, moving to Whistler, and then out of a lot of those Australians, a lot of them are from Perth. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot. Well, of why do you think that is? That's a coincidence. It's not just that, you know. Perth is a little bit shit from time to time. Do you think it's the isolation? Do you think it's the isolation? Shots fired. I don't think it's. Uh, it could be the isolation. I think uh, there's a few things in here. Like Vancouver uh, itself is. When winter comes in Perth, it's just like summer. You do everything you do in summer except it's raining. You just have a sweater on. Yeah, you have a sweater on and it's raining. Yeah. Or or a jumper. Um, yeah. Good. But. Um, but over here, winter comes and it gets cold enough to snow, and all of a sudden, that's a whole whole new place. It's like living in a new city, it's, it's living in a new town, isn't it? You can go and literally half an hour away, you can go snowboarding. Yeah, like our nearest accessible ski field in Perth is Japan. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> nice and local. Nice and local. Yeah. yeah. Whereas here, we can drive thirty minutes and can, yeah. can get to three. Which is, which oh, is small mountains, but good enough. the other side of the planet, I think, Japan. Actually, I think it actually is. Different yeah. hemisphere, uh, anyway. Well, two hours north, one of the most famous ones in the world. Yeah, yeah. Don't go there at Christmas. Back to Whistle no. again. Oh. Um, but yeah, as well, like, that's it. You've been here two months already, so you're yet to see the turn to the winter. You're going to go out to Cyprus and Grouse and Seymour. You've got all that on your doorstep. 
Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, nice. I think I think uh, I I can get back out to Whistler day trips and stuff like that, but I think the home mountains are going to be Cypress, Grouse, Seymour. Yep. Oh yeah. And it's just gone back to that thing that we always talk about: Vancouver having the best of both worlds, living in the big city, and then the mountains right there. It's it's yeah, pretty pretty great setup. Yeah, and you can get back to your old stomping ground in Whistler. Just uh, I'm not going to plug them, but there's some good services available in the city where you can get quite a nice cheap return trip. Yeah, yeah, they um they're fantastic. Yeah, I think one of them actually uh, our driver had a very good way of putting it. It's one of the only cities in the world where you can go. It's like you can do something on land, you can do something on snow, and then you can do something on sea all in one day. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Pretty very cool. Lucky. And um, you've been here for a long time, Eric. Yeah. Uh, actually, James and Mike, you've been in Vancouver specifically longer than I have. No way. Yeah, yeah. I've Maybe. only been here since t- 2015. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 funny how I said over here. I was, I was, it was another thing I was thinking today. But when Mikey asked me to come on the podcast, uh, where I'm, where where from in Perth? If you ask anyone where they're from in Perth, they're from Perth. <laughs> but yeah, you come to Vancouver and you ask someone where they're from, and it's no, everywhere. it's from here. It's it's everywhere. Like I, I think about a lot of the guys my age that I work with. Even the Canadian guys, they're not from Vancouver. They're no, from, no they're way. From, they're from over race. Yeah. That's, that's the whole joke. No. no one in Vancouver is actually from Vancouver. You can exactly. afford to it's raise insane. kids here. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the beauty of hosting this podcast in this city. I mean, it was the inspiration for it. Is yeah. That everybody, everybody, everybody in Vancouver is from Vancouver. It's the living abroad cast. Everybody's yeah. living abroad. But like, I mean, we, we know we're all up. Vancouver's ass but <laughs> Sam I think we've kind of wrapped up your story you've got here you're happy you have your snow season you don't want to spend your summers in Whistler well established um what are what are some of your big complaints about Vancouver what uh what's your whinge binge yeah your ears the whinge binge yeah um look I think it was I think it was brought up earlier the whole NBA thing that that ticked me off a little bit um, oh I no, this was before we went on air. I, I believe, yeah. yeah sorry, I pre ramble. Oh no, it wasn't actually. Might have been the was pre pre ramble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So explain the NBA thing. What you mean by that? So every other city, well, I mean most of the other major cities in um, in Canada had you know an outdoor viewing. They had they it like was the big screen for the Raptors. The big finals. thing for for the Raptors. It was it was a big thing. Like you know, very Canada forward. And then um, mm-hmm. Vancouver was like, no. But do you know the reason why? They said no in the end. And there are a couple of things that happened in 1994 and 2011. I that think it was uh, to do with the riots. Right. Uh, was it? Yeah. 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 Something yeah. did happen. God, though, I wish Toronto, I was there. <laughs> I would so riot. Dude, my <laughs> uncle has such a cool souvenir from those uh, riots. He has a broken arm. <laughs> he has a tear gas canister that was thrown into the riots. Some, oh, really? Yeah, they threw tear gas to like disperse the riots in 2011, and he has one of the busted open canisters they threw. Picked it wow. up. I remember pocket. two years after I came here, 2016, they were still finalizing some of the arrests on and charging people. Shit. It took them oh, like yeah. five years. They went through all the vid- vision from all the security cameras and things like that. Um, yeah, people had their lives ruined over that shit. Yeah, I got here 2013, and London Drugs was one of the targets. And uh, it yeah, all happened right still, downtown, didn't it? It did right in the heart of downtown, yeah. burning cars and tear gas, which you they picked up and put in their pocket. 
it's funny that writing yep. is a thing here. Like it's it's not a, it's not a thing uh, where we're from. Like I no, I, I had it a, goes totally yeah. against the stereotypical all oh, nice polite Canadians. But when your sports <laughs> team lose, <laughs> fuck you. Guys. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah we're a pretty passive city most of the time until the yeah. fucking Canucks lose. Ice uh, hockey is no joke. But they're, ver- uh, they're they very they are a joke this f- year. They're very fair weather yeah. supporters. True. Like when they're doing good, let's support and riot. If they're doing bad, nah. Let's forget that we even have a team here. And also like ignore maybe, it. Maybe ride a little bit. I Just did, a little bit of riding. Did have a guy that, did have a guy that I work with. He's, it, it got to, I think it was the um, uh, the game where the Raptors could have put her away and they ended up losing. And he's like, man, uh, if the Raptors win tonight, I'm flipping over a fucking car. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that, that's why we don't uh, have outdoor viewings of uh, sports games <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah, I, think, I think we've answered our own question. Yeah. So, you that's, so you're doing pretty well, mate. If that's your biggest whinge then no outdoor I, sports viewing i think vancouver's doing pretty surely there's something else yeah there what must about, be yeah what about like i mean look i mean I'm, yeah, it's, getting I'm sold sure. a dodgy car on craigslist <laughs> oh that was gonna happen anywhere <laughs> who did yeah. you buy from was he was he dodgy were they, were they a dodgy person look looking back <laughs> it's a very firm yes <laughs> um yeah my girlfriend was like she's like all right this time this time, let's not buy from a guy like that. I was like, yeah, that is, yeah. Well, that's luck of the draw in it. You can get a good one, you can get yeah. a bad one. Yeah, you can yeah. get a you can get a shit car for a thousand bucks that runs yeah. and runs, you know, a million k's. Or you can buy like a, you know, forty thousand dollar car that you bought off a lot and it crashes straight away. Mine is a keeper. I got a fourteen fifty. Uh, is what it cost me, and three hundred fifty thousand kilometers on the clock. Still going strong. Nothing happened. Nothing. Nothing wrong with it. You'll, uh, you'll have to tell me what that is because uh, uh, I'm in the market for a new car. Ford Escape stick. So going manual. Mm. Uh, apparently All right. I think find. this is an after podcast conversation. <laughs> <laughs> also, we we spoke about cars a lot last podcast with we Keegan did. being yeah. a mechanic. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll moving right along. Well, I'm, surpri- I'm I'm glad to hear that they, you know, that's don't it. Have too much to whinge about. Sports team. I'm, I'm impressed. But what do you think about? Surely you got to have something to say about the banking system here. Yeah, look, it's it's a little archaic from time to time, but I have I know, so I, I haven't I haven't had the huge drama yet. Um, like the mobile banking in Australia is pretty decent; it's easy to get things around. Um, but right do you think now. it's weird that we don't have our name on our debit cards here? That spun me out, and I look. I I'm not going to lie; I just sort of let it slide and just kept going with it. I haven't even asked. Yeah. The best thing is, is that if you lose your debit card, yeah. you just go into the bank, they take Instant. one out of the drawer and give it to yeah. you straight away. No. My mate, no, I'm going to mention her name, Carly. She's <laughs> lost like six in the last month. <laughs> She's <laughs> lost six in the last month because you just don't, you don't have to give a fuck. You just, I, I was lucky mm. enough. I've only loosed, I've only lost one. Okay. I lost it at the Roxy and I was so drunk. I went to the ATM and I put my card in the wrong slot. I put it in the little gap the between money. the money safe and the actual machine, and it just went down the back of the ATM. Uh, but yeah, you just go straight into the bank, and so I guess it is a good point. I kind of debunked my own winch. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah, the bank is not too bad. And I had a debit card that just suddenly stopped tapping, and that's a modern convenience. You can just tap now. You just find someone's card on the floor. You don't need a pin. Just tap in that. Uh, but uh, but for me, I just went in there to get a new card. In England, it's about seven day wait minimum. Here it's like, oh, sorry, the tap's not working. Okay, here we go. Give you a fresh one right out of the drawer. So it's pretty good. I got my wallet stolen here once, and the person that stole it used my card. And the only thing they bought was a small pack of chips or... Um, <laughs> crisps. Crisps. From uh, 7-Eleven. 
original flavor. That's all original. they bought. <laughs> Bloody boring. That's that's. They yeah. had three hours to spend money, <laughs> and that's all they bought. Lightly salted crisps. <laughs> they bought the most boring chip. It was the most boring theft wow. of all was time. It, was they it just it did it to see if they could. They was it just, just been cl- craving <laughs> some original crisps? Was it just declined for anything over ninety nine cents? Is that what it was? No, well, I think you can tap up to a hundred dollars. But yeah, that's you can. No. I think that says more about the person's character that they went to a Seven Eleven to buy chips <laughs> with the stolen money than the fact that they actually stole money. Yeah, that's a good point. Really? Yeah. Boring that boring thief caught in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, we make the headlines. No kidding. Yeah, we got any headlines to talk about, guys? Uh, anything been happening this week besides the water slide? Uh, I don't think so. No. Not 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 so much. Um, we were gonna do another uh, reoccurring segment uh, thought oh up yeah. maybe yesterday. I think. Uh, yeah. What is it? Well, it's we call me. it homesick. So uh, we talked about the things we have to complain about in Vancouver. Um, now maybe we can uh, talk about some of the things we miss from home. Sam? It's it's an, an imaginative um, title for the segment. That's for sure. You've done <laughs> yeah. a good job there, Eric. You've put a lot of thought into that. Thanks, one. man. There's, there's no pun, so that's uh, you know that's the James first was, on this show. James was not. Happy. Oh, we had we had a fun yeah. brainstorming session. Uh, I'm still seething over it. Okay, who wants to go yeah. first then? Mine's Sam. Mine's Sam, Sam. Okay. you're a guest here. Okay. What's, uh, what are you homesick about, mate? Homesick about... Um, so oh. this could be home, okay? you got to do homesick about New Zealand and homesick about Perth. It's a double whammy for yeah. Sam. Dual, I, can, I, can cr- I can cross them Easy. both. Easy. I can cross them both no out No kangaroos, no kiwis. Oh, two birds with the one stone. I can cross them both out. Pies. I'm pies. Hot meat pies. A hot meat pie. I miss going to the bakery and getting a hot meat pie. They just they just don't do it like they do in Australia and New right. Zealand. Well, yeah, there's no, the it's pie true. company, isn't here, But it's just not a patch on the real no, deal. Pig no. pies. He's That's about. right. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. But yeah, pie company. Not the same. But I was talking about. I went to the local baseball game the other day, and I was thinking about this because I my nieces and nephews came to visit a couple of years ago, and I took them to the local baseball, and they. They thought they were in a movie because it was like so North American for them that you go to a sporting event and you buy like a hot dog and a slice of pizza instead of a meat pie and a sausage roll, which we would have at a sporting event in Australia or New Zealand. It blew their mind and they just like could not believe it. But it's definitely a good one. Do you think that's like the equivalent though? Like I would travel to the United States and I would see... As as white trash as this sounds, like <laughs> all of the fast food chains you'd see like advertised on TV, and I'd be like, "Oh, TGIF! Holy shit, a Taco Sonic. Bell! Sonic! Like, yeah, exactly, Sonic and yeah. Fuddruckers and like all these fucking places that I'm like, whoa, a little bit, a this, little bit. This it's is just like, like what that. I'd see advertised on the American channels. No, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the other way from Mikey. I'm gonna say I'm I'm right there with you, man. You know what I love doing when I go to a new country? What's that? Trying out their fast food. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah seeing, how, seeing how Burger King compares between countries. Seeing oh, yeah. Hungry Jacks. That McDonald's. Yeah. Hungry Jacks, yeah. for example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Way better than Burger King in <laughs> Vancouver's <laughs> fucking yeah. I met a guy yeah. while traveling who was a vegan who broke Ugh. his veganism every time he went to a new country to try what a Big Mac okay. was. Well, he's not a in vegan. In every country. Man. He's not a vegan. And just once. Yeah. It's, it's it. one exception. Don't get me started. No. On this. <laughs> Sam, have you been down to Washington State since you've been here? I have not. I've been. I've been through. I've been. I've been so on the way to. I uh, went to Portland, but I haven't been down to Washington yet. Ah. Well, well. So you've been to the states. So you, being a someone who loves to try new fast food from other countries, 
did, did you think it weird that as you're driving down the highway, there's actual street signs that tell you what fast food is Instant. at that exit? Yeah. <laughs> Instantly there. So you have a big green sign. It's like Subway, McDonald's, Wendy's. Burger King, Wendy's. I didn't drive down. I, I caught the train, but uh, oh, that's why that Very nice. sounds like a uh, that sounds, sounds like, like a, a paradise. Great idea Seriously. right there. Yeah, it's like today I feel Seriously, like trying man. out what American Wendy's is like. I drove down to Portland in May and counted forty-one McDonald's on the on those street signs because I noticed that too, based on what you said, Mikey, that they advertise the specific fast food per exit off the highway. So they'll be like, this exit has McDonald's and Burger King and Jack in the Box. But oh, then the Jack next the one box. might have Stroke, Taco Bell and Wendy's and Subway yeah. and the emergency room. Yeah. And <laughs> like Yeah, and it's all official logos too. It's not they're not messing around. It's just no, like, like font, the, font Times New pay, Roman. Like they must pay for it, right? But it's the government must. that decides to put them signs up. Yeah. So I wonder how much the government's actually getting paid, like making money off that. Them signs. Making money off big old fatties. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably yeah. private land those signs are on. And, and then they, then they u- just then sell the government it. uses that money to pay for their... Oh, no, wait. They yeah. don't have health care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Little dig. Uh, but in Washington State as well, so you got the legal dispensaries as well. So you get... Now I know it's more and more down the highway. you got your fast food. It's match made in heaven. Oh, yeah. Right in the same well, they parking have, they lot. They have signs, but they don't have oh, signs yeah. for dispensaries. Well, the dispensaries the are so neon flashing by week, like it's green yeah. stop and all this stuff. I mean, there's no subtlety. You go into a parking lot with three fast food joints, there's going to be <laughs> one dispensary. Ha <Joints. laughs> <laughs> ha. Well, we went to the middle of nowhere, a place called Glacier in Washington. It's just at the base of Mount Baker. And uh, just out of curiosity, as I just typed in dispensary into Google Maps, 12 minutes away, the green stop. So shout out again to them. And uh, yeah, that was right near well, arse backwards and nowhere. When Sam, I remember when you moved here, you stayed a couple of nights at my place. I think weed had just been legalised, right? Like literally a month beforehand or yeah, something? Yeah, definitely, definitely close. A month at the most. Which you would have enjoyed. But there wasn't, there wasn't much of that up in Whistler, like actual dispensaries, right? No, no. I think, I think uh, it was only government websites and, um, oh, yeah. and, and the online ones. The I deliveries. Guess. Yeah, yeah, deliveries. It's um, yeah, uh, whistled. Probably going to be a bit of a bit of a shock to the system once you get back to Perth, eh? For your little holiday and <laughs> later on. Yeah, man, I'm possibly still <laughs> highly illegal yeah. back in back in Perth. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. It's um, it's very. Look, very you can tell that Eric grew up in BC. He's like, oh, <laughs> weed illegal? What really? The fuck. Yeah. Same in England. It's highly, highly illegal there. Yeah, I mean, no mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it's insane. Eric just has the most perplexed look on his face that you just can't believe it. You can still get it easily, but it's. Uh, I mean, even when it was illegal here, it was just the biggest misdemeanor ever. If you had, yeah. like, if you if you had a personal use amount, a cop would take it, and you'd be like, "Go I've, on your way." I think I've told this story. I don't think I've told it on the podcast, but I remember I was here for a. I'd only been here for a couple of weeks. Went down to English Bay, which was the local beach. I was sitting there looking out over the uh, the ocean and there were groups of people sitting on the sand. There were two guys sharing a joint. I could smell it because I knew. And then further up, there were two guys drinking a can of beer each. And they weren't both group of guys. They weren't being mischievous or anything like that. But cops came past on their little push bikes, went straight past the two guys smoking weed, went up to the guys having a can of beer each and wrote them up a ticket there and then. Oh. And I 
from then on, I kind of... Well, that's my big whinge about this city because I've witnessed it too, of somebody in, you know, enjoying a book and a beer on the beach, minding their own business, headphones in, sunglasses on, just enjoying a perfect day in the city, not bothering anybody, and a fucking cop walks over and issues them a $300 ticket for no other reason than Mm -hmm. having more fun than that cop is that day. Yeah. Um, I mean, ideally, you should be able to have a certain amount of standard drinks per person. For sure. be one bottle of wine per person or... There's just no discretion with it here. And I think that... uh, Or like... They, it, you know, it's it's a hundred percent. You know, they see you with something and it's immediate, rather than mm-hmm. <laughs> people who are causing actual disturbances. I think I must have got away with it lightly then, because uh, the celebration of light, which is a yearly fireworks festival we have here, uh, countries competing against each other. I was walking with a few mates on the way to this fireworks, and I had a cannabis snatched out of my hand and thrown like emptied out by a cop there so it just looked like someone was just stealing a beer from me but it was a cop and just tipped it upside down no ticket so got oh really one. yeah yeah just a little quick yeah. very stern thing. I think public events is a different situation too yeah they will dump your alcohol but I, re- yeah. I, Sam, I don't know if you remember this story but we went down south of Perth to a town called Bustleton for a music festival and we were young I think yeah. you had only been freshly 18 18, <laughs> 19 we were yeah. we were staying at a mate's place and we were there for a music festival. And I think we were walking to the music festival. So we all grabbed a fresh can of beer each and we were walking down the street. And I remember I was a bit apprehensive. I was like, oh, boys, don't know about this. Everybody was like, nah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We walk one block and then out of this little suburban street comes a cop car. And we're like, are you fucking kidding me? And remember, he, he spoke to you. And you gave some shitty excuse like, oh, we're here for a music festival or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, nah, just pull them out. And I was like, fucking hell, Sam. I, I think he was so taken aback by how stupid my response <laughs> was. He was just like, nah, I'm not writing this guy a ticket. Yeah. He's too dumb. We're it's here for a music <laughs> festival. <laughs> it's too dumb. His genetics is punishment enough. <laughs> uh, getting back to homesick. I don't know if anybody else has a good one mine's pretty obvious mine is beaches and i was reminded of it on the weekend as well here in summer at the beaches in vancouver i can't believe this still happens in 2019 but we had we get um e coli breakouts oh yeah in the beaches Do you every ever re- year ever read about that at the beaches here at english bay kitsilano all the time I yeah because they haven't, pump, haven't read it yet no. they pump yeah. fucking sewage Whitecliffe and wastewater Park. out into out into the beaches. The here, water so here is filthy. It's disgusting. I've swum here once, yeah. never again. And so... And it thrives because it's nice cold water that moves around a lot, so it circulates and it just... Yeah. And yeah. so like my, you know, I'd prefer stingers and great white sharks in my yeah. ocean opposed to E. coli any day of the week. That's actually that's really similar I'm to my homesickness, which, you know, we've had some hot weather recently in Vancouver. In the city I'm from, it's usually... Cranked up just a little bit warmer in the summertime, Kelowna. It's a semi-desert climate out there. And we've got a giant lake there that's like you swim in five out of seven days of the week because it's just a giant swimming pool to go jump in. It gets warm enough, so it's a comfortable temperature and you just like... And it's always clean? Yeah. For the most part, like you wouldn't want to drink directly out of there, but no major E. coli or anything like that. There's a few places that a lot of ducks swim, so you get the swimmer's itch a little bit. But hmm. other than that... Yeah. I 
hadn't really seen that till last year when it suddenly, so the E. coli I heard about yeah, at Wycliffe Park and then the restaurant I went to, there's a big, you know, notice on the front door. It's like no lettuce being served, E. coli outbreak. So it's spreading oh, like the wildfire. Romaine lettuce, yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. It's along the Romaine. I think just swimming in fresh water, though, is uh, is my homesickness. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Fair enough. Which I hadn't really even done since I came here. I'd never really gone for like a proper swim in. I'd always gone to the beach. Not a, yeah. not a huge thing in Perth. You gotta you gotta drive quite a while. Yeah, to yeah. get to like a swimmable. To get to a, yeah swimmable like a dam water, or water like hole. That. Yeah. Same back in England. Yeah, just a little pond here and there. Bit of a rock spawn. Nothing really good going on in there. Mm. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's yeah. homesick. Did we all get uh, Did we all get covered? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. James, so, anything you miss? Well, I just got my little top up back in the UK. So, uh, again, seeing the family, that's really my main homesickness. So, uh, nothing really specific. Gain a lot more in Canada, I think. Yeah. Cold beer. Cool. Yeah, well, you're with your Vancouver family now. Ah, that's right. And sweet. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Um, this has been Living a Broadcast, episode three. Um, once again, thanks to our guest, Sam, for joining us. Amazing. This Cheers, has been Sam. very insightful. He's going to be a returner. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me, boys. I know. You're we've uh, we've, ju- we've jumped all over, all over the place a little bit this episode. It's a little bit topsy-turvy, but... Uh, well, should you know. I leave you uh, just again as his theme with these unpredictable stories? I'm sorry to cut you off there, man. No, no. Um, I, I just wanted to finish here. A little story, something that happened me to, to me today in Vancouver, so still Love quite it. relevant. Okay. Uh, on my little break at work and walked across one of the public parks and I could see some flies throughout the grass but didn't really think anything of it. Uh, went down to sit on a little wall. Realised quite soon after that that I'd trodden in human shit. Like, no ifs and buts about it. Well, I'm glad we extended the podcast <laughs> for this story. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. That's what wow. I'm uh, I know. It's a, so first question. How did you know <laughs> it was human shit? Uh, just <laughs> overwhelming. You know, you know the difference between that. I mean, there's, there's dog shit would have been on the pavement. The homeless guys around was a little bit of a giveaway too. Dog's uh, shit on lawn as well. No, but I'm talking like extremely potent, like worse than it, beyond any dog I've ever smelled. You, uh, you can tell. <laughs> you can just uh, Sam <laughs> speaking from experience. Um, well, it's not happened to you as well, has it? No, it hasn't. But I'm always surprised when you see a when you see a shit, but you don't see toilet paper ever. No TP. Yeah. But uh, this was a tragedy. Oh, there was toilet paper. I completely missed that part of the story. No, no, no. St- there, I didn't mention there it. Never is. No, oh. there was no toilet paper. No, it's just it was just there was like guys around just on the grass. It wasn't a dog friendly park. My God. Yeah, I'm sorry to put this in, but it was embarrassing because I then had to go to a Tim Hortons bathroom, take my shoe off run the tap so it was scalding hot, get some soap on there, wipe it the hell off, and because uh, obviously we drive for a living, so didn't want to. But anyway, uh, how was... Uh, well, I was considerate that you didn't put it all over the pedal of exactly. the bus. Exactly. Uh, it I was a little uh, inconsiderate you didn't bring that up in the whinge binge. A little bit. I know, I'm so sorry, but I did... A, uh, that's a big whinge binge. <laughs> that's a big whinge. Well, I know, it's just it just suddenly uh, came back to me because I oh threw man. the shoes away when I got home as well. So. No, I'm really oh, happy really? that yeah. came back to you, to be honest. I, <laughs> I bet. I'm no, happy we included it. I'm going to start with a completely... Finish with a completely... Yeah, uh, shitty ending, James. Little shit, yeah. There you go, guys. So anyways, um, this has been Living a Broadcast, episode three, everybody. If you want to email us, um, really anything, we, we'll look at it. If you want to come on the podcast, if you think you qualify. If you think you qualify, if you know buddy, somebody who qualifies, if you have a whinge you want to binge about, if you have something, literally fucking a anything story. you want to say to us. Living a broad story. Yeah, Living a broadcast at gmail.com. All one word. 
Um, if you want to follow us on social media pro- platforms, we are Living Abroad Pod on Twitter and Living Abroadcast on Instagram. So you can find us on all of those things. Um, I've been Eric. I've been James. And Mikey. And thanks again to our guest, Sam. Uh, thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs>